welcome to 1991 Movie Rewind, a podcast where we watch and review every movie released in 1991, from the all-time greatest classics to the critically panned and everything in between. We will rediscover forgotten fan favorites and uncovered in gems as we explore the depths of direct video. Join us in our celebration of the fun, unique, and diverse films in this highly underrated year. This week, we watched Man in the Moon. Man in the Moon takes place in the late 1950s in a rural Louisiana town. 14-year-old Danny, played by Reese Witherspoon, shares a room with her college-bound sister Maureen, played by Emily Warfield, where they talk about life, hopes, and boys. Danny is anxious to have her first boyfriend and thinks she might just have her chance when an older boy moves in nearby. Written by Jenny Wingfield, directed by Robert Mulligan, and released on October 4th, 1991. You've seen Man in the Moon before? Yes, I have. I have not, once again. <laughs> I feel like, I don't know, I feel like 80% of the movies we watch you've seen, I have not. It's because a lot of these movies were on cable, and once again, I was always watching TV, so whatever yeah. was on TV, I was watching. Yeah. Um, this was, you know, this is not the type of movie that would appeal to an 11-year-old me. So, yeah, yeah, it, even if it was on, I would just switch it to like a cartoon or something like that, or sports. My mind immediately goes to Wildflower, yes, with this. I, I like Wildflower more, I like both equally. Okay, <laughs> this. It's funny because, okay, Wildflower was a TV movie. Yeah, made for a lifetime. This was released, this was a theatrical release, and mm-hmm. they're both very similar, so it was very interesting, I guess, to see two similar movies with Reese Witherspoon in both of them. And I'm just wondering why Wildflower didn't make it to the theaters, but I know it was a lifetime. I just don't think it was ever meant to be. I, I think it was Cause I know produced it's, that with the was intention based of it being of on book. TV, and it just yeah. happened to have theatrical quality yeah. of everything behind it, perhaps. But I feel like that movie could have been in the, the theaters. For sure. For sure. Like this movie. But they're just so similar. Yeah. It's... This movie... Okay, I I had a hard time writing the summary for this. And I still don't really know where to take this conversation because... This movie doesn't have a whole lot of plot. And I'm not saying that necessarily is a bad thing. I'm just saying there aren't a whole lot of... Things that happen. Yeah, it's, it's kind of also like My Girl. Like, it happens during a summer. Right. Yeah, it's a summer, and like each scene is a certain little important snippet of time. Mm-hmm. And then you jump to the next scene, and you don't know how much time has passed in between the two. 
that's where I was. I know it's during the summer of 1957, but it was like when they do fast forward to like Court and the older sister. She's gone to college at some point. Yeah, she's going to go to college. But... I think she has gone and comes back. Oh, does she? See, and that's... that's why she like meets Court later on. Okay. Because I was like, how long is this relationship? Because it feels like three days <laughs> when they show it on the movie. Yeah, it, it's really... The, so, way, the way time is handled is extremely awkward. And it's tough and for confusing. me to say how it could be done differently or better but i know that other projects have like even at the very beginning like you know you see um they talk about how you know danny doesn't like going to church but she has to go and then the next scene is them in the car outside of church where billy sanders maureen's boyfriend at the time appears and like talks to her and then after that conversation is done the next cut is them back home after church so we don't even like see any of that day the service or that day it's i don't know it's a little weird and off-putting to me and like all these little the pacing is awkward in various different ways see that's why i was like this should have this seems like a tv movie to me it does, and I think also part of it is, like, Robert Mulligan, who's the director of this, brings a lot of his sensibilities, because he's been around for a long time. He started in 1952, where he directed 31 episodes of a TV show called Suspense. And he went on to do, like, a very big, prolific career, including some very important coming-of-age movies, like Summer of 42, which earned him a Golden Globe nomination. He also did, you know, the Oscar Golden Globe can nominated movie To Kill a Mockingbird. This has a very old school aesthetic to it. And I think that's very purposeful, but it does lead it lend itself to feel a little bit more like a TV movie because it feels more like a movie that was directed um, in the 50s. Yeah. And I think the score also lends itself to that, too. The music in this seems outdated, but again, that seems very purposeful to me. You know, mm -hmm. like you have like when 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 Danny is like running to the uh, the swimming hole for the first time, like you know they get back from church and she's changing her clothes and running away to go straight into jump into the, the pond. Swimming pond, yeah. The music that's playing feels like what you would hear if you're on hold with the company <laughs> what? you know so it, it's just like muzak yeah it feels very muzak yeah. to me um but then there's also a lot other elements like i don't know it's, it's tough to explain things without giving away the end right away but anyway like near the end when she's running to her dad after mm -hmm. discovering you know, court you know it's basically like horror music but it sounds like 1950s era horror music with like I, the same instrumental kind of, composition and everything i don't i kind of i mean i get it but it was also making me think of another like southern movie like fried green tomatoes where like that type of music sure kind that of was... trying to be light-hearted at times yeah i mean the, the music in green 
Fried Green Tomatoes was definitely more jaunty and upbeat most of the time. It's really just like those two major scenes where I, I really noticed the score. Um, I, I mainly noticed it. I guess there's other, another scene where like when she Danny goes to the swimming pond to meet Court at, oh, at night. Okay. And then her mom comes out and is looking for her. Yeah. It's very like Wizard of Ozzy type um, music. Oh, sure. Yeah. Because there's a storm coming and, you know, it's getting very windy and the mom is like screaming for her kind of in the way of like Wizard of Oz where the tornado is happening. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's it's an interesting thing, but again, it all lends to the whole concept. I think of they tried to match the filmmaking to the time period for the most part. Yeah. Aside from using like full on Technicolor film, like they used modern film, so you know you don't have like the highly saturated colors and whatever. Um, but uh, James Newton Howard did the music, by the way who was Oscar-nominated for another 1991 movie, Prince of Tides, and also nominated for several other movies. Like Fugitive and Junior, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, got nominated for the score That's for Junior. so weird. Um, yeah, weird. Um, and he's a Grammy winner for The Dark Knight. But yeah, it's really tough to talk about like the, the plot parts of the movie. Basically, what it is is... It's Danny, a coming-of-age film. Yeah, it's a coming-of-age film. That just happens over a summer. It's very... I do kind of compare this to Wildflower, but also My Girl. Like, Danny, she's 14. She's, like, not a girl, but not a woman. Right. She wants to be a little bit older. She idolizes her older sister. They're, like, best friends. They the the scene the movie starts with them. It's like the first scene is them like braiding each other's hair, talking about like Danny's just like asking her sister Maureen about you know, life, yeah, basically, and you know they're. They talk about the man in the moon. They're like they always look up to the moon and ask the man in the moon for like advice or something like that. Yeah, they say when mom, Mama always used to say, mm-hmm. when things get all mixed up, you can Just tell the man in the moon about it, and he'll yeah. fix the puzzle for you overnight. Yes. Um, which led me to believe that the mom was dead, but she's not at all. I thought <laughs> so, when the mom... Okay, I, have, I haven't seen this movie in a really long time, and I kind of got this movie mixed up with, like, the boy who could fly. Okay. So it's like, it's been so long... But I thought the mom died in this movie. I knew someone died, and I thought it was the mom. Oh, okay. And then when the death happened, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> it, 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 like, it surprised you in this movie? Yeah, because like, I, I forgot that happened. I thought it was the mom. And then I'm like, wait, she didn't die because no. she does go to the hospital. And also her mom is very pregnant. 
with the fourth kid with their fourth child and this was like you know this is the 50s where like the father is like i really want a boy and we have three girls so hopefully the fourth is a boy but spoiler the fourth child is a girl yeah and the infamous the, words of one of my co-workers he said well don't blame her son she's just the catcher all right <laughs> anyway uh yeah, she even kind of jokes about it after they're like after she gives birth. To, this is like well into the movie. That one scene, you know, she falls, she hits her head. She's looking for Danny because Danny ran off to go meet Court without telling without anyone, telling yeah. anyone because at this point she's like quote in love with Court, which I get it. When and you're, also just trying to be an adult and think she can she do can whatever do whatever she wants. She wants. Yeah. They go off swimming because that's like where they meet up and bond and whatever, and they talk about life and whatnot. She comes Just back. Just each other shit all the time too. Uh-huh. It's a big part of their relationship. Yeah. And this is during a storm, and um, the mom comes out screaming for Danny. She like trips over a tree root and hits her head on a rock like really badly, and the father automatically just takes her Matthew is the father takes the mother to the hospital and like you know he sees Danny come back from swimming and he's pissed obviously because it's her like you know she knows it's like her fault so the mom for the rest of the movie after that part the mom is in the hospital and then almost all of it for like yeah until the birth basically until the birth after like she's in the hospital because the doctor even said that she's got you know a concussion and then toxemia and so she's in the hospital for however i don't even because time is weird in this movie however long so that's like for the rest of the movie the father and like her older sister and danny are all taking turns to go visit her and then while there's one time while Danny is visiting with her mom, that's when she gives birth. And she, after the baby is born, the doctor's like, well, you got yourself another girl. And she's like, well, it wasn't entirely, you know, she was like, well, I had a hand in doing this and as well. Like she kind of chuckled like, oh, well, I got another girl. Mm-hmm. It's like, they're just going to keep having babies until she has a boy that this man wants maybe but yeah (laughs) that was like a long-winded thing for me to be like i just want a boy says matthew but that was like such a thing even now i don't know (laughs) yeah yeah like especially back then i mean there's the the whole idea of like passing on your legacy yeah also your namesake is a big thing to a lot of families so you know, you need the boy to pass down the last name to whoever he marries and carry on. And then carry on whatever business they have. Right, yeah. I don't I don't know what they do for a living. Yeah, I really don't know because Matthew just goes off fishing whenever they, the girls, the mother and the girls go to church. And I honestly, okay, because they made such a big deal about that at the beginning, I really thought that religion would play a bigger role in this movie. So the whole thing, the whole thing is like Danny says she doesn't like church, 
but neither does the dad. The dad doesn't go to church. He goes fishing instead because he says he finds, you know, like more connection with the spiritual world doing that than yeah. anything else. But we don't get to see him do any fishing until like the very end when he when takes she Dan. goes along with him. And, and the whole concept of the man and the moon, I mean, that could honestly just be like a metaphor for God, right? So. You know, like, oh, you're speaking to the man on the moon. You're basically, like, praying to the skies. You're praying to the stars. Same basic concept. But he's not a religious but, man. But we also never see anybody actually ask the man on the moon for anything. Ever. Not until... They just mention it. Not until... It's, like, the beginning of the movie and then the very end of the movie when the sisters are back together again talking and they mention the man on the moon again. But they mention it as, like, don't... oh, don't you wish you could still ask him for something? Mm-hmm. They never, you never see a scene of somebody being like, oh, man in the moon, can you please, whatever. Yeah, like. Or here's what's going on in my life, man in the moon. Nothing like that ever happens. Like, Danny isn't like, man in the moon, can you please have court like me. Right. Something like that. So, it's an interesting, like, setup to something that never happens. And again, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Honestly, I think that's one of the strengths of the movie, is that it doesn't. Okay. A lot of the dialogue is very conventional. A lot of the characters are conventional, especially like the dad. Like the men characters are, are largely conventional. The events are not super conventional. So, I don't know. Again, I, I don't like harping on Ebert all the time, but he is like one of the most famous, if not the most famous film critic of all time. Right. Yeah, and he. Um, I saw that he put this movie in his top ten of the year. Yeah, it was like number eight of his top ten of the year. And trying to understand why he rated it so highly, because I'm not going to spoiler alert. He basically, I, I agree with what he says in that this movie is basically like a poem. Like this yeah, is, it's this a, is very a poetic movie. Pretty, I don't hate this movie at all. I don't either. I just... um. I keep on thinking, when I think about this movie, I think about five other movies that are like it. Yeah, but those five other movies, I'd rather watch those. Oh, okay. You know, it's like Wildflower, I would rather watch Wildflower, because I still get the coming-of-age stuff, and I get some of the other plot things. My Girl, I still get the coming-of-age stuff, and I still get some of the other plot things. This is... I mean, yeah, I, I think that's a good analogy. I think it's it's a visual poem. And it's, I do, like, everyone is, I mean, this is Reese, this is supposedly, like, Reese's, like... It's her film debut. Debut, yeah, because the TV movie Wildflower is not technically, I don't know, I forgot when Wildflower came out. It was, like, like May, I think, wasn't it? Okay, so this is in October, so Wildflower was out, but this is, like, her film debut. Yeah, her her theatrical debut. Yeah. And, um... I, she's great in it. I think her yeah, yeah. and the, the Maureen, the two sisters, I th- Emily Warfield. I really like them a lot. Yeah, honestly, all the acting is, is yeah. Like Jason London is core. I think you don't want to discount him either. Mm-hmm. Um, Tess Harper as the mom really doesn't get to do a whole lot because she's you know has a couple scenes and then she's off in the hospital sort of off screen for a while and then sam waterston is the dad does a lot of the heavy lifting uh for the adult side of things he's really like the main adult with lines um there's a little bit with quartz 
Mother Marie, Mother, played yeah. by Gail Strickland, but... I mean, that's it. It's like these it's a, seven it's people, small. basically. Yeah, you have the, the side story. I think the other thing that's interesting this movie shows is you have the relationship with Billy Sanders and Maureen and how that all comes out. Um, because they go to a dance and you see Billy's dad, Will, mm-hmm. dancing with Maureen and hitting on her, basically offering her a sugar daddy. And, like, yeah. you would not expect to see that in, like, My Girl or Wildflower, necessarily. Yeah, this is, like, it's very... has happened. Oh, but, yeah. Like, it, this is, like, in the 50s, and, you know, you have Billy Sanders, who's, like... You don't really get, like, a backstory out of a lot of these people, but mm-hmm. when Billy... After... This is after they all go to church, and Billy's, like... They're already, like, a couple. They're mm-hmm. boyfriend-girlfriend. And Billy is super polite and nice to the mom, like, opens the door for his mom and is like, oh, thank you, Mr. Miss Trant. Well, how are you, Miss Trant? Whatever. And then he goes up to Marie or Maureen. It's like, so I'll see you at whatever, 6 o'clock or whatever, to go to the dance. And she's like, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the whole thing with when he comes and picks her up, and then the dad, Matthew, Sam Waterston, I think he does, like, a good job of being, like, the strict dad, but he's also not, like, too strict, because he kind of allows his daughter's freedom, but he gives them a little, he gives them boundaries. He's like, you can go out with this dude, but you gotta be back by 11. And if you're late, then I'm gonna be fucking pissed, basically. It sort of leads into the whole, like, very typical dialogue side of things. It's, you know... Of a father just yeah. always... Yeah, like, you are in control of my daughter from this time to this like time. You will be... For, like, five blah, blah, blah. hours. It's exactly what you would expect to hear from a 50s dad. Right. It's like he doesn't pull a gun on him or anything. But then he's also like, I know how your father was when he was your age. So you can, that's like a little thing where he, like his dad is like a womanizer. So his son is also like that. And then you do see them at the dance and Billy is like, when they do arrive at the dance, he's like, we don't have to, we can do something else now that we're here. And she's like, no, I actually came to the dance to dance. Right. But she's ends up dancing with his dad, unfortunately. Yeah, somehow. They don't really show that. Again, it's like, just you, you just cut and there they are. Yeah, she's like, begrudgingly dancing with the dad just to be like, you know, a nice lady. And you see Billy by there's like a record player and he's like choosing music or whatever and maybe drinking because there's like a bunch of boys on the side Mm -hmm. and they're just like whatever on the side and then something happens where she's like okay i just want to go well the 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 something is that the the father being lecherous and being like hey, I can take care of you financially in college if you need, you know... Like, Something, Like, yeah. well, let's get a mutually beneficial 
thing going. Yeah, it's here. gross. And he's like, you know, rubbing up on her and stuff like that. And she's just she goes to Billy like, okay, I want to go. Yeah, I want to get away from this situation. I want to get away. From and in dad. his mind, he's like, oh, it's like not even whatever eleven o'clock yet, so we have time to be together. And his in his mind, he's like, oh, we can go off and like make out and have sex or whatever. Right. Yeah. That, that's his thought. He's like, oh, you want to leave early? Cool. So we can be alone and just do, do it. it. But no, that's not what she wants. No, she just wants to go home. But, and then this gets, like, so uncomfortable, but thank God Billy does take her home. But he's like, if I take you home, that's it. I'm never going to see you again. She's like, all right, fine. Yeah, that's good. So that was like a breakup. Yeah, so it was like aggressiveness, but then actually, yeah. And then he never, like, after that breakup, he doesn't come back. So I was, like, scared that he would come back and be, like, abusive or something. Right. And they don't show anything like that, thank God. No. That dad, by the way, was Ernie Lively, who just recently passed away. Father of Blake, Blake Lively. Lively in, in several different other 1991 movies. Yeah, Father of Robin as well. Um, and then Bentley Mitchum, who was the grandson of Robert Mitchum, the famous yeah. actor, was Billy Sanders. But yeah, very short... A lot of a lot of short sequences that just kind of get put together. Yeah, and this. that's just there's that was that scene, and that's the end of that relationship. Yeah. And she, and then it's just you don't really see a lot of Maureen because at that point, um, it's focusing on Danny because Danny, after she, the family goes to church. She goes straight to that watering hole, and she's been going there alone. And she goes, she goes naked. She like strips down, and she's like skinny dipping. And until she does, one day, <laughs> well, until that day, when court, we don't know it's court, but you have Jason London. He's jumping in that same watering hole and then she freaks out she's like this is private property and he's like yeah i know this is, she's like this belongs to the fosters and he's like yeah that's me and then mm-hmm. she's like prove it but then so they're both nearly naked like she is naked and she's naked and she's just like okay can you just turn around and not look at me and i'm gonna go yeah and then that's when the f- we don't even know, like, the next day. See, I don't know if it's, like, the next day or, like, week, month, whatever. But the next scene is the father, Sam Watterson, saying, Oh, some friends of ours are coming over for dinner. And then Danny is, like, a supposed, like, tomboy. But we don't really... She just doesn't like wearing dresses. I guess, yeah. I mean... <sighs> We don't really get to see her in that environment where it would matter. Right. We never see her in school. We never see her with any other people aside from Court and Maureen, really. Yeah, or being with her family or Like, there's no other friends her age where it matters or would even come up in a conversation. Yeah. So, I don't know, whatever. She just doesn't like wearing dresses, but he's like, you have to wear a dress because I have some family friends coming over and haven't seen them in a really long time. And it turns out to be Marie, who is Marie Foster, who is the father of, or the mother right. of Court. And then she has two younger sons that are like twin boys. Yeah. 
so basically like yeah the, the foster place i don't know why it was abandoned or why they still have it and it didn't sell but it's but like Marie is now widowed and came back to came live back in this to place be back on the farm so she's like okay i don't even know where they went yeah we don't know why they went where they went but obviously it was for a very long time because even though you know the fosters and the trans have it was history basically together, Court had never met Danny before. Right. So it was basically 12, her and like Danny's entire life because when Marie sees Abigail, the mom, she's like, the last time I saw you, you were pregnant like this. And it yeah. was with Danny. Yeah. So it was like 14 years they haven't seen each yeah. other. But it, I'm assuming Marie left with her kid. Well, it was Court mainly. Who would have been two because he's like 16. He's 17. I thought he said 16 at one point. No, he's 17, he said. I thought Maureen was. Yeah, whatever. Older Maureen, than Danny. At Maureen, least two to three years older. Yeah, Maureen is, has to be 17, 18 because she's going to college. Yeah, but I thought in the car where he's like, well, how old are you? Like 16? Like, they, where they like made fun of each other's ages? I thought right. he said 16. No, she was like, are you 16? Oh. And then, like, you know, condescendingly oh, yeah. in a way. Like, well, what are you, 16? He's like, 17. Yeah, he goes, okay. 17. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, so that family hasn't seen each other in 14 years. I'm assuming, like, the family left because the father got a job somewhere and then father died. So let's go back to the farm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they're going to do, like... And then it's all, uh, it's all on court to like do all this farm shit. Yeah. Like fixing the tractors and like cutting grass and like dealing with animals and whatever. All just. It's like, but who was dealing with the farm shit when they were gone? Because what? Like how? Whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, court has to do farm shit all day long. And, um, the mom is, so it's just like, you know, she, the Marie is now a single mom. So she goes and finds a job and she's working in a shirt factory. So court has to be like the man of the house and do all this shit for her. And then also kind of like take care of the two younger brothers, even though they barely show them. I think they only show them in that one scene. Yeah, that's why it's like, where are the younger boys? I'm assuming Court has to be, like, in charge of them as well. Yeah, even, like, the the little toddler baby sister. Missy, yeah. You don't see you don't her. See her. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, so then Court... And then that's when, like... Dan- so when the families first meet each other... For that dinner, Danny sees that the boy that she ran into is Cor, the son of, you know, their family friend. And then when they first meet, she's kind of like, she's like, like, I hate this guy. And then they kind of give each other shit for a while until they like, but they start, She it's obvious that she likes him. So she's, it's like that whole thing where it's like. I don't know. I like you, but I'm going to be, like, a bitch to you. <laughs> right. Yeah, they tease each other a lot. They tease each other a lot, but she's kind of like, ugh, you type of thing. And then he's kind of just like, oh, let's be friends. 
And they do. That Then that's when they show them together that one day where they go into town. And they become close. And they make, like, this agreement. Like, let's go. We'll meet up at that swimming hole whenever we can. Yeah. But he can't really do it because he's doing yard work all day. And that's when... He's like, I'll do, I can do it afterwards. And she's like, oh yeah, I can come and meet you at night. Mm -hmm. And that's when they have that meeting at night where, and then at this point she's like, quote, in love with him because she's asking her sister, like, how do you kiss a boy? Because she wants him to kiss her. Right. And they do, um, I mean, they do bond. They have, like, these deep conversations. And he's always just, like, kind of going in for the kiss. But then he's like, oh, you're just a kid. And she's like, I'm not a kid. Right. Like, I'm only... And she's like, I'm 14. He's like, you don't get it, you know? Yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm too old for you. This is Even though it's, like, three years. But, I mean, during that time, like, 14 and 17 are, like, different decades <laughs> yeah I mean, at, at that, at that, at, that age, t- at that age it's like you are just like a literal kid to him yes and, and while it does not matter to some people it matters to him yes um and and rightfully so it's not like a wild horses or wild hearts can't be broken where situation he, yeah he's like 20 years older than her right um so you know but it's the same type of thing where they're in the water and she's like basically begging for a kiss and he leans in but then pushes her away it's like no no he's like no i can't i can't can't, can't you're a kid you're a kid type of thing so and but she's she's trying she's like why not like exactly just same thing like he's just like you you don't get it it's like yeah you don't get it if you were older then you would understand and that's another thing and she I think wants was... to understand. I think she just really wants to be older, which like any young girl at this time, yeah, is like always obsessed with being like older. Oh sure, yeah, and you know unrequited crushes, and this is yeah, like but something it's just that not seems even like it's close. Not even to that, happen. but it's just like oh, I wish I was like you know eighteen so I can do this, that, and whatever. Because right. when you're, like, a teenager, it's, like, you're, like, okay, you're going through puberty and stuff. And it's, like, I don't, you're not a kid, but you're not an adult yet. But it's, like, you want, like, all you want to do is to be an adult. Yeah. And I think this movie actually does a really good job of showing how she isn't adult enough to handle a lot of these things. Yeah. Where, um, and it's not just, like, the sneaking out and doing whatever, because Maureen does a little bit of that later on, too. Yeah. But it's it's more about, like, how Court has all these responsibilities around the farm, and she just comes over here and there and just starts talking and be like, hey, let's go let's go swimming. like And, like, clearly just ignoring all the, like, the context clues around her. Yeah, like, he's obviously, like, he is doing mechanics and stuff like this. work. And he, and he even says that. He's like, you know, I can't do that because I have responsibilities right but i think even like her family is telling her that like you know you're not a kid anymore you have responsibilities too yeah and we then, don't get to see a lot of her in-house responsibilities though. not that's, really that's the there's part. only like that one time where she has to babysit her young sister because everyone went to go see the mom in the hospital right that was like her one but they don't show her family saying 
you see the older sister Maureen doing a lot of like going to the grocery store making dinner when because the mom is in the hospital so now she is like the mom Maureen Mm -hmm. so she's making the food and that's like her responsibility and it's just kind of like that's what they should be like they're just kind of like telling the parents are telling her like yeah this is what you should be doing but they don't like push it on her yeah, I just think that the movie shows a really good job, and also the acting from Reese is also just showing a really good job of someone who yeah, thinks that she's more adult than she realistically is. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's very clear to anyone else who's watching that, yeah, there's a lack of maturity here. And I'm not saying that Cord is super mature, necessarily, but he's, you know, you have that gap. Um, and I think that's one of the things that the movie does pretty well it gets the emotion side right yeah it does a very though, like good I said, the job plot isn't that, you know with showing her their emotions like everyone's emotions yeah. basically and then there's just like a point because court never met maureen because the first time that that family came over maureen was at the dance at that dance yeah and then later, she, I think she's away at college, or yeah. they just don't have, or maybe they just meet at the watering hole, and she and, and court like never comes over. It's I don't know. well, that's One what that was the thing. It was well because every time Danny and Court would hang out was when like Maureen went to go see the mom in the hospital, or she's out. She's yeah. always out, Maureen. Yeah. I don't, and um. So that's why I assumed that she was off to college at least at some point because the time maybe. jump is so difficult to. to I think grasp. maybe like near the end when Court and Maureen are finally together, maybe. Maybe. And um. But yeah. So the, it's I mean the dad knows that Danny likes him, and she's like, you know, he's like, you know, you can't date now because you're 14, but if you really like this boy, you should invite him over instead of going swimming with him alone all the fucking time. Yeah, yeah, like, he punishes her after the whole... Yeah, the whole thing with the mom, that was actually, like, the only... You don't see it, but he takes But there's a belt. A belt, and... You don't see him, you just see him whacking her with it, but not, you don't see her side, you see his side of it. Right. And that's like the most horrifying part of the entire movie because like Maureen sees it and she's like in shock because it seems like their family dynamic is not like that. He doesn't seem like a very abusive person at all, but it was just because of what happened because of Danny. It was Danny. At that point, he was like, it's all your fault. And she knows it was her fault, too. And he just, like, lashed out. And then the part where they do go fishing together, or even before that, where she was, like, they were alone together because she's basically grounded, even though you don't see it. But she's, like, she has to call him sir all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's asking, like, later on after that night where he takes a bell on her, she's, like, basically grounded and has to do whatever he says. And she's calling him sir. He's She's going yes sir, no sir. 
into and there's a point where they go somewhere together I think to see her mom and she's in the car with him she's like I know you didn't mean to do that to me you were just scared yeah and that talk was like a very good talk between father and daughter and then when it was like the end of that scene he they just get out of the car together and hug there's yeah there's there's also some really good like unspoken moments too yeah between them and it's few and far between but i mean the movie does have those where you know that, that scene that you're talking about where she's like doing the dishes and saying sir he's grilling her about what happened with him it's like you know did anything happen with you in court yeah and she's like no like are you sure nothing happened like blah 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 and at the end when she's done and she walks away he's like nope not with court foster it didn't and like like at that point like you can see in the dad's face like oh she like he completely understood the situation of like oh nothing did happen she wasn't just lying to me this is like her being disappointed that nothing happened with mm-hmm. this boy and now it's like all clicking in her head in his head she has a crush on him like a but hardcore yeah. crush but you don't see that in his performance until like right. the last line yeah. happens and it's like that's that like little unspoken thing him. like he has to be like he has to be a father of like young women now mm-hmm and, and it's a tough world for him to navigate because he's because you know, he's a man. I don't know, but he's not like a super. You know, he's not like a lumberjack manly man. Yeah, he's just like kind of like a leave me alone type of guy. Like the mom handles all the women stuff, you know. Right. But the mom is now in the hospital, so he has to be the mom and dad at this mm-hmm. point. So, but he's not. He doesn't do a bad job. No. He, he's like, oh, okay, I get it now. Like, I have to put myself in the perspective of, like, a teen girl. And that's when, he, like, the next day or whatever, he's like, well, if you really like this boy, instead of going out, meeting up at the watering hole, can just invite him over so I know what he's like. Yeah. And that's what she does one day. And that's when, like, Maureen appears. And it's like instant flirt instant love at first sight between court and maureen because they knew each other because they're pretty much the same age and she was like oh the last time i saw you we were like in diapers or some shit i forgot what she said something like that and she knows that Danny has a huge crush on him, but she, you can also tell that she's like really attracted to him, but she doesn't want to do anything about it. Yeah, this it's, is it's like a, a very good. That, like, yeah. I, I would, I don't know. Like, it, it's obviously Danny's too young for her, for him. Yes. But, like, she, she's like. There's limited options in the town. <laughs> you know like it's not like she's going to college she's gonna she's yeah. gonna meet someone in college you know yeah um yeah so i mean it's obvious they both like each other but she's like my sister likes him this is wrong i shouldn't do this but he's coming on to her yeah. like he's really i mean he's not like hardcore like aggressive but he's just like tries to kiss her they kiss for like a, a second she's like i shouldn't be doing this but then they just kiss and that's it. 
they're they're like automatically in love with each other. It, it's such a weird thing. Like they do the quick kiss, and then she's like, "No, I shouldn't do this," and then he leaves, and then the dad comes, drives in from being at the hospital. But while that's all happening, the phone rings. The phone rings, <laughs> saying that the baby's gonna happen. And then so the, the dad, dad turns the around. The dad goes, has to go right back to the hospital. He's like. Oh, he, right. like he pulls up in the driveway. He's like, the hospital just calls. He's having the baby. He's like, all right. And he's like, just gets back in the car. But that's and when like Danny. And then Court comes back. Yeah. But and, I don't know if he saw the dad's car. Leaving. He's like, okay, well, I know that she's alone now. Right. So let me so just finish what I'm starting here. And Danny's at the hospital as well. Um, yeah. Already. So. And they kiss. And then like, you know, it's it for them. They're in love. Yeah. And I don't even know, like, this is where it's, like, days go by, but then, like, Danny comes up to court, comes up to court while he's working, like, on the farm still. She's like, yeah, about the baby. Yeah, she's talking about, like, they're, because at this, I think they both establish, like, hey, we're just going to be friends. That's what he keeps establishing. But, she's but she like, doesn't, like, fully believe it. Yeah. She's always, she's like... Still she's still in like, love with him. Yeah, she's she's in the friend zone hoping to get out and break She's hoping that, like, the friendship will lead into something. Yeah. So she's gonna still be friends with him. Yeah, she's like, oh, yeah, we're friends, wink, wink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she goes, like, the first person she wants to talk to is Court, and she's talking about the baby and... and He's not even speaking to her, like, at all, ignoring her, being standoffish. And she's just kind of like, you know, what the fuck. And, um... Which, again, is partly, like, not reading the context clues of how busy he is. But at the same time, like, he doesn't have to be... He doesn't have to be so standoffish towards her to, like, completely ignore what she's saying. He's like, yeah, he could have just been like, yeah, that sounds nice, but I'm, like, in the middle of doing XYZ things. Can you tell me later? Yeah, like, I don't have time to to talk about it right now. Uh, But I understand also partly why he's doing that. He's trying to sort of, like, lash out at her a bit in order to To get him off the scent of of Maureen and him and, and also be like hey like look we are just straight up friends like I have to yeah, be like he's just doing like now. a shitty job of trying to t- like uh let her down easy or some shit I yeah. don't know yeah exactly <clears throat> like he's not no she she doesn't know about her sister in court until like well later on yeah I mean again it's tough to know how much time is in between scenes <clears throat> but at some point very soon it's like you see Maureen naked in the field with him and everyone's looking for Maureen and Danny automatically knows in her mind like oh she's with court yeah well she sees Maureen like running from that direction yeah and she's like tucking in her shirt and you can just see on Danny's face like I fucking hate you yeah I mean this is like and then it's like good acting by Reese yeah because you can see it like she's fuming internally and um this is the part i mean i mean i think i don't know what time jump or zone it is but they sleep together and then that's when they profess their love for each other i don't know how long they've been together like it she should she probably was at college and like back for the weekend 
Because when he is on the tractor, he's, like, daydreaming about her, like, running to him and visiting him. Yeah. So or, it could have been, like, I, I, I interpreted that as, like, a slow-mo montage of them falling in love and doing things at other times. Oh. Like, I mean, it could well, be either one. It could have been, like, that's, like, when I'm my, on my tractor, that's when she comes and visits me. So that's, like, a weekly occurrence or something maybe yeah all we know is like yeah he has the hat on the branch which might have also been like an indicator of something or other like hey i'm here yeah and then she's like yeah, follow you, this you can come type of a thing you can come visit me but we don't know that really no um, but he's trying to get the hat while he's riding the tractor which is like a really dumb move yeah he's like he's trying to ride close to the tractor reaches for the hat Falls off. It falls off. This and is like, here comes the tractor. And that's, I mean, they don't show anything, but you see in his perspective, like, these blades coming at you, and then, like, that's it. You see the, you see the tractor go off and no one's on it. And it's, like, obvious, you know, that he's been run over by the tractor. It's, it's similar to, um, Fried Green Tomatoes again with, like, the boot stuck in the tracks. Yeah, but he, type of a he, thing. he dies. Like, that's just like the kid lost his... I don't know. Oh, they, yeah. They that... both die. Oh, yeah, they both die. Yeah. I, I was thinking about the kid losing his arm. No, I was talking about Charlie. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the same thing with Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell, yeah, Charlie. <laughs> I don't even... <laughs> Maybe that was his character. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, that... yeah, it's the well, same You don't type see of... it. Yeah. You don't see the death, but that's what's happening. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, Danny's, like, going to sort of, like, confront Court, I guess, um, and sees the mom holding court, A bloodied Court. bloodied and dead. And, and then like, she's go like, go away! away. You know, like, basically, yeah, like, you don't need to see this, but only saying, go away, Danny, go away. Yeah, she's like, go away, Danny, you just go away, you don't have to see. And then she's, like, moaning and crying and saying, my baby, my baby. And so that's that's when that that fifties horror suspense music really kicks yeah, up. Yeah, she's as, like as running, running and like to the scared. Yeah, kind of shows some sort of suspense. Yeah. Um, and then after that, it's a very long funeral scene with basically no talking, and it's just showing Danny observing things from outside while the two families and others are inside the cemetery paying their respects and doing whatever like danny i guess you know it's like sort of like my girl too yeah. much for her to bear and be in in the middle of and so she's right on the she doesn't want to see the body or any just she doesn't want to see the the boy that she's had a crush on dead yeah but it, i was surprised at how long that scene was with like no dialogue hmm uh, but again, I mean, that could be leading to the poeticness of of the film. I think it was a bit too much. And again, this is why I'm saying that pacing is off in different ways. Yeah. Just because of stuff like this. And the, the weird time jumps where it's tough to really get a grasp on how, how much these relationships have built. Um, but after that, she goes fishing with her dad instead of going to church. They and have, like, a very is, good talk. Yeah, they have a really good, heartfelt thing which is something that i wish was more present in the movie overall the fact that we have to wait till the very end to get this like the most poignant talk 
Yeah, like you have a, a good one at the beginning with the sister, mm-hmm. and then you have a good one with the dad at the end, and that's it, kind of. Well, because she's like pissed off at her sister about her sister and court being together. Yeah. And she's like, I hate you to Maureen. But Maureen is also grieving her actual boyfriend that she's in love with. Right. Two sisters grieving over the same dude. And there's also, like, and illusions that she may be pregnant by him. That's what I thought. Like, so, And I think the dad knows all of this. Yeah. And is accepting of it enough to, you know, basically, like, okay, well, here's the situation, but I'm going to give it to you in, like, very basic terms. Yeah, like, that's why I was like, this guy's a good dad. I'm like, yeah, he's like, like, I'm like this is a good dad. It's like, <laughs> you have to realize that your sister Maureen is also hurting over this, like, maybe even more and just like saying that little line of like maybe even more is his indication to be like you know i know what's going on with this whole thing like i i get it so like trying to be like you know you're gonna be you're gonna know your sister for a very long time you can't be mad at her for the rest of your lives yeah over I mean, you yes, you are hurting and you are allowed to hurt and be angry, but you have to think about your sister who is also hurting and maybe angry as well. Yeah. And then, like that, I mean, Danny, Danny is just listening and quiet. Yeah, it doesn't sink in until the it's, next scene. It's, yeah, I mean, I don't know, is this the same day? Or maybe it's just like however many days because she sees... Danny sees Maureen at Court's um, grave, just, you know, giving flowers and whatever. Being very, like, Madonna about it. (laughs) Laying on the grave. Laying on the grave. And, um, that's, it just, like, clicks. Like, there's no talking. Right. It just, like, clicks in Danny's mind, like, okay, I get it. And she just goes to her sister, and they just embrace each other like they just hug and they're there for each other and that's virtually the end of the movie well the very very end is them like at the very beginning where they're back in there braiding each other's hair talking about the man in the moon yeah don't you wish you could talk to him man and we didn't talk about this but like why are they living on the front porch in such a huge house i assumed it was like I don't think because they do show just they their want room. To? I think they just choose to sit to sleep in the porch because it's like the summer and they're in Louisiana and it's hot as hell. Okay. That's so what I'm like assuming. They have their own rooms, but they just we choose see, to sleep on the porch. Because we see their room. Because you know, in the beginning, we see that like Danny is also very obsessed with Elvis Presley, and they show her room with like Elvis. Mm-hmm posters on the walls okay yeah so i just assumed that it was like that was like their summer thing okay like they sleep on the porch for like that's their camping i don't know it makes sense it was just very awkward again like it's 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 easy to miss those contexts because you know, living in a house with air conditioning and, you know... Like they not, probably not thinking, do not... I mean, this no, is the 50s in, in the in South. That area. And I don't know. So it, it's tough to, you know, take away the modern conveniences that we take for granted Yeah. Uh, when, when thinking about some of these things. Um, 
Yeah, I, th I think the movie... Um, what was I going to say? I think the movie does a really good job also of just not going for the full-on, like, saccharine stuff. Right. Um, it, it doesn't... I don't know. It could have gone a hold up a bunch of different directions, and I think it's just... It's really good that it... it takes it in a sort of unconventional path and ends without, you know, again, you don't need to have that conversation with the man in the moon at any point in the movie. It's enough to name it after this childhood thing. It's sort of like leaving your childhood in the past, right? And so, like, the man in the moon is the thing from your childhood that you're leaving in the past, and this is... So you never actually see anyone talking to him. It's, it's that type of thing. Um, we'll quickly go over the awards because there's only just a couple from the Young Artists Awards. Um, both just nominations for Best Actress Starring in a Motion Picture for Reese Witherspoon and uh, Actress Co-Starring in a Motion Picture for uh, Emily Warfield. That's it for the, the awards. Um, the cast and crew, the, it's pretty short, so it won't take very long to go through Robert Mulligan. We already talked about him. For the most part, um, also at the Cannes Awards, he was nominated for the Nickel Ride, Emmy Award winner for The Moon and Sixpence, and this was his very last movie he, that he directed. Jenny Wingfield did not have a whole lot of writing credits. She did The Outsider, A Dog Named Christmas, and uh, did some additional material for Lion King 2, and is credited with the story for Little Mermaid Ariel's Beginning, but not a whole lot other than this. Um, Sam Waterston played Matthew Trant, the dad, Oscar and Golden Globe nominated for The Killing Fields, Golden Globe nominated for The Great Gatsby, and Oppenheimer, Golden Globe winner uh, for the TV show I'll Fly Away, which ran from 1991 to 1993. Tony nominated for Abe Lincoln in Illinois. He's been in other projects such as Capricorn One, Heaven's Gate, Serial Mom, The Newsroom, and of course, nearly 400 episodes of Law and Order, which earned him seven more Emmy nominations. Tess Harper is the mom, Abigail Trant, Oscar nominated for Crimes of the Heart, Golden Globe nominated for Tender Mercies, uh, 1991 movies My Heroes Have Always Been Cowboys, Pretty Hattie's Baby. She was also in the Michael Jackson Black or White video as the mother in that. Uh, she's been in other movies such as Ishtar, The Jackal, No Country for Old Men, and TV series such as Christy in Early Edition. And then we also have... Uh, Emily Warfield didn't do a whole lot, honestly, uh, which is a little bit surprising to see. Because she's, like, very good in this. Yeah. It, it, you know, we've we've seen that a couple times, especially with, like, the younger actors where they're really good and then they just don't do much with it. And maybe it's, you know, by design. Um, maybe they didn't like what the industry was giving them. I don't know. Uh, but there's certainly talent there. We saw her in Calendar Girl, Dream Date, Blaze, and also 25 episodes of Days of Our Lives. She does have a, a few things here and there, but those are the main credits of her. Uh, and then we got Jason London as Court Foster, young artist nominated for Days and Confused, 1991 movies Blood Ties, False Arrest, and December. He was in the All Fly Away TV movie. Um, his brother, Jeremy London, was in the TV show with Sam Waterston but Jason was in the TV movie. Uh, Jason's also been in a few Aerosmith videos, Too Long Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar, Grind, and Out Cold. That's about it, because we talked about Reese Witherspoon at length when we talked about Wildflower. So, again, very, very small cast. 
So we can move on to true crime and pop culture. Okay, so this movie was released on October 4th, 1991, which was a Friday, and it was the same release date as Suburban Commando. Very different movies. Yes. And this movie, I mean, I guess it it did not do well. I mean, the budget was $6.6 and the box office was $2.8 million. Yeah. But, I mean... It had very good reviews, obviously, like Roger Ebert put it on his top ten. It was just kind of like maybe lost in the mix of all these other movies that were released. But I did find out that this is based on a true story. Hmm. That the writer for this, it is based on her life. Her, her. Okay. So Jenny Winfield is the Danny in this. And um, I found some articles online. Like, I didn't even... I was looking up, like, the... Um, where this movie was filmed. Because it was filmed in the same town. It's in Natchitoches. I think I'm saying that correctly. Louisiana. And it's like in the outskirts of that city. And it's also like in the same, it's the same sort of filming locations as Steel Magnolias. Okay. That's why I was like looking it up. But then I also found out when I was looking that up that it was based off a true story. So I was just found a few articles. And then I found this like random Facebook page about like the history of this town, but then also the article about the boy that died died. and supposedly this is um the writer jenny and her older sister had a crush on okay so this happened in july 9th 1959 so the boy that court is based on his name is Gwendell they call him Gwen Desmond Kingry was a 16 year old that was looking forward to his junior year at Natchitoches High School his friends called him Gwen and he is known as the quote court foster in the movie The Man in the Moon Gwen was killed instantly on July 9th 1959 after falling from a tractor in Natchitoches Parish near Clarence. The accident occurred at 9 a.m. in a pasture where Kingry and another youth were each driving a tractor pulling large mowers cutting grass. One wheel of Kingry's tractor apparently struck a stump causing the vehicle to lurch and throw the youth beneath the bush hog blades. Mm. So he was he wasn't reaching for a hat. He Uh was like thrown off and run over and then it gives then I found like the whole burial site whatever I found his obituary which is funny but then in this article it also said that the inspiration for the character of the older sister Maureen is Jenny's older sister Carolyn Wingfield so it is like assumed that Jenny and her older sister had a crush on this 
boy, Gwen, hmm. who died from being run over by a tractor. A lot of the stuff that pop culture-wise is from, I, like, TV and music, as we've already covered. But I will say that Reese Witherspoon and her husband recently made a joint statement that they divorced. They're divorcing, or yeah. they divorced. And then I also saw that Reese Witherspoon is dating Tom Brady. I know. I know know you're not into like this like gossip or whatever. It doesn't affect my life. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) It's just like, ooh, everyone everyone's like, ooh. Like did they they break each other's marriages or something? But whatever. I I seriously doubt it. I think uh, Giselle is probably sick of Tom Tom. (laughs) putting himself in massive harm's way. Uh, Who knows, whatever. Um, Anyway, we can move on to rankings and ratings, I guess. Yep. On your one to five star scale, where are you going to put Man in the Moon? I'm going to give this movie a three. Three, right down the middle. Uh... This might be controversial. Oh! On <laughs> my zero to four star scale, uh, I'm going to give it like a one and a half. Wow. That's literal controversy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like it, it's, it didn't speak to me in the same way as some of these other movies. I appreciated this movie, but it never gripped me. It never held on to me. The acting is fantastic in this. I think the filmmaking is, is you know... It accomplishes what it wants to accomplish but I never was sucked in to the overall experience the way I was with like Wildflower or My Girl or Fried Green Tomatoes and so mm-hmm. I don't know yeah just it, it didn't resonate with me personally uh, every movie's worth watching once would you watch this again yeah I'll watch it again I mean, I guess so, but it wouldn't be my first choice. Again, like, even from 1991 movies, those three that I just mentioned, I'd rather watch those first. Yeah. Again. You know, those are much more effective in my mind. So, it's it's low on the list, but sure. Uh, but if you out there want to watch Man in the Moon as of this recording in April 2023, it's available on Tubi, Pluto TV, Roku Channel, Digital Rental, VHS DVD, as always, check your local listings. You can listen to us on all of your major podcasting platforms. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. You can email us at 1991movierewind at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, YouTube. Just search 1991movierewind or go to 1991movierewind.com for the full list of movies along with show notes and more. Next week, we're continuing with the period piece movies with Rambling Rose. That's available on Pluto TV, Digital Rental, VHS, or DVD. We'll see you then. Thanks. Thanks.